Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey Waffle Gang, I do hope you're well. My name is Mark and today we're checking out some more relationship stories. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider in a like, <laughs> subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. And let's crack on with today's first story, which comes from the Off My Chest subreddit from a deleted user and says, brace yourself, I stalked my husband for two years before I formally met him. I, 24 female, Married my husband, 28 male, about a year and a half ago. The first time I saw my husband, I was a freshman in high school. He was a freshman in college. He was walking his dog at the park when he stopped to talk to my brother, 27 male, because they happened to go to high school together. That moment, I became hooked. That same day, I found his Instagram, his family's social media, and also where he lived since my brother offered to walk him home while I tagged along. When I got home that day, I knew I wanted him. But of course, I was only 14 while he was 18. I came up with a plan. I found out his younger brother was only one year younger than me and would be attending my current high school. I figured that I had to befriend his younger brother by any means possible next year when he moves up as a freshman while I became a sophomore. And I did. It took around halfway of my junior year where we became best friends and he invited me over regularly to his house to hang out. This is where I was able to befriend my current husband's mum, and God, did she love to talk about him. From her, I found out what college he goes to, his past girlfriends, what his elementary slash middle school was, his favorite slash least favorite foods, his pet peeves, what he likes, etc, etc. Eventually, when my visits started getting more and more frequent, I formally met current husband again. Current husband, I call him E., come over every other week and stay for either friday to sunday or saturday to sunday on those days specifically i would wear my cutest outfits to impress him and also joke around with him a lot eventually i befriended him as well a little background on e he is the school record holder for a certain sport at my school which i just so happened to do and around halfway through my senior year e came back during the season to help coach the current high school athletes which included me in order to get some more volunteer work hours in. And I got to spend a lot more time with him. I loved every second of it. We were friends before, but then we became much closer since I got to spend lots of extra time with him after school. Where sometimes he would even drive me home since we lived relatively close. Fast forward when I had to move away to New York City for college. He moved with me since he coincidentally got a job near my college. Edit, I lied, it wasn't a coincidence. I found out he got a job offer and applied to a college nearby his workplace. Being each other's only friends in a new state, we became incredibly close. We started dating when I was almost a sophomore year of college. He proposed to me after I graduated and we got married almost a year ago. He knows absolutely nothing about how I truly know him. He believes it is fate that brought us together through his younger brother. Lately, I've been debating on whether or not I should tell him, or at least his younger brother the truth since the only reason I befriended him was to get closer to E. I feel guilty every time he tells others our love story because the truth is, I've known him for 10 years, while he's only known me for about 7. 
Update. I read a reply saying that the best thing for myself is to keep it a secret, which is what a lot of people are saying. But the best thing for him is to tell him. I figured that person is really right. I'll be telling him this Tuesday on his day off. He deserves to know who he married. And we do have an update to that post in a second. And the first comment on this one says, this is so creepy. Take this to the grave, OP. This world says, don't tell, never tell, not even your kids. Think how you would feel if the roles were reversed. Wait, you might be flattered. He might hate you for using his brother like that. Then he, his brother, and their mum will hate you. Shut the fuck up and just enjoy what you've done. Krypton replies to that and says, Enjoy! This is completely unacceptable by either partner and gender. OP, you need psychiatric help. Mental health treatment of some kind. Why did you do this? Were you looking for someone before you chose your current victim slash husband? I highly suggest you tell your husband like you said you were going to in your edit. I also hope for both your sakes, at the very least, enlist the help of a couple's counsellor. Again, I reiterate, this is not acceptable behaviour and should not be kept secret. Those of you saying that OP should be quiet and happy are deluding yourselves thinking this is a good ending. This is not the end. This is an underlying reason OP sought this intimacy from the entire family. It should all be made aware. One more comment from Callie who says, First of all, I'm completely baffled by the amount of people in these comments and you shouldn't tell him. Communication is always going to be better than taking a secret to the grave, especially when that secret is eating you alive like this one seems to be. Also, you said you feel guilty every time he tells your love story. It's a really heartbreaking thing to read. That's the kind of dysfunction you'll start to see in your marriage if you take this to the grave. You owe it to your husband, you owe it to his brother, and you owe it to yourself to be honest. But OP, please, please do not try to have this conversation without deeply thinking it through and figuring out what's truly going on. Give it time more than just a few days. I would suggest seeing a therapist about it as well to help you figure out if it's a true obsession or just some highly creepy teenage girl with a crush behavior that landed on someone that's genuinely compatible. For yours and your husband's sake, I hope it's the latter. A therapist will also be able to help you navigate how to tell him while also causing both of you the least amount of pain and betrayal. Though don't get me wrong, there will almost definitely be some pain. There are some questions I think you should ask yourself before you have that conversation with your husband and or his brother. How deep was is the obsession? Where is it coming from? Regardless of how it began, how much your relationship with your husband has been authentic? How much your relationship is a direct or indirect result of manipulation? What about your friendship with his family? How much of that was authentic, regardless of how it began? When you were getting to know your husband, did you put on the act to make him like you more? Did you show him your authentic self? How much does he know the real you? Have you had the chance to get to know yourself? Shame and insecurity can make us tell ourselves stories about who we are and what we've done that are so distorted. It will take some time and some effort to make sure you're telling yourself the right story. So please take more time than just a few days to think everything through before you tell him. And even when you do tell him, expect some damage. Possibly irreparable. Lastly, my hottest take, given we're on Reddit, but OP, please be kind to yourself through all of this. Obsession is hard on everyone involved, and shame does nothing but create spiteful, scary people. Have some compassion for both your husband and yourself. I genuinely hope this helps. So, the OP does come back in to update the post, and they said, I told him this 4th of July. After the fireworks mostly ended and we were heading back, I asked him in the car, wouldn't it have been weird if we met each other before the first time we actually met? But we just didn't think of each other as significant at the time. He smiled and turned to me saying, that's impossible. There's no universe where we could have met and I would not think of you as significant. 
That statement struck me in the heart because I knew I would soon prove that sentence very wrong, but I continued on with my plan anyway. What if I told you we have met each other before? Before that time, I was introduced as E's little brother's friend. He looked at me like I was crazy, so that's when I pulled over on the side of the road and pulled out my phone to show him the post I put up here before. That explained everything. He took about eight minutes to read the whole thing, and when he finished, he put the phone down and stared straight ahead. Almost like he was dumbfounded, scared, and confused at the same time. I started throwing out every excuse and apology I could muster at the moment for about 15 minutes straight when he decided to tell me to stop, and I did. Then he just sat there and sobbed uncontrollably for about 10 minutes before he finally asked me how much of our relationship and how much of my identity was fabricated according to his liking. I told him the honest truth. None of my personality or identity was fabricated for him, except for the fact of how we met. The only thing I ever changed about myself to make him like me more was lying about liking Chinese food. I hate Chinese food, but other than that, everything else was real. Although my friendship with his younger brother was built upon ill intentions, my friendship between his brother and I are now one of the most genuine friendships I have now. He just cried and told me that he does not want a divorce at all, but he does want us to have some time apart so that he could absorb the truth that I gave him. He also said that he expects me to tell his brother and mum this Friday because they deserve to know the truth just as much as he did. I told him okay, and we drove the rest of the ride home in silence. When we got home, he hugged me and cried for about five minutes before he got out of the car, packed his stuff and said he'd be staying at a nearby hotel for now. He said that he knows he still loves me, but does not yet know how to react to the fact that the beginning of our relationship was very, very orchestrated. To sum it up, I guess telling him was a success? I honestly don't know. He sent me a good night and I love you text last night while he was at the hotel. I guess he's not as much mad as he may be betrayed. Update 2. Woke up this morning to find out that hubby not only lied about going to the hotel to stay at, but also lied about not wanting a divorce for a text message. He went to his family's home, not a fucking hotel. Told him the entire story himself. Probably exaggerated it too to make me seem crazy. His whole family wants nothing to do with me too. Claims I'm psycho. He said that he lied about going to a hotel because he knew if he told the truth, I would try to stop him. Honestly, I feel so betrayed. I tried to be a good wife by showing him the true me, and this is what he does. I did all this work for it to just end up like this. Honestly, I kind of deserve it. I didn't even tell him in the first place because I felt bad. I told him because I had a suspicion that he was catching on to the fact that I knew him for two and a half years before he knew me. Largely because I found out he was keeping my old phone in his work desk. My old phone that had screenshots of a lot of his old Instagram posts, plans in my notes app about him, etc. So I guess he never truly loved me if he can't get past an honest confession like this one. I might update this in a few years when I find a new husband. Lol. Gee whiz, that ending gave me a shiver there. And I'm glad it was revealed to the husband in the end because that is just absolutely wild. But what do you guys make of this situation? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. And let's move on to another. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Story. And our next story comes from the Am I the Arsehole subreddit from Melanie Seashells, who says, Am I the Arsehole for refusing to replace my eight-year-old niece's broken birthday present? My 22 female sister, Alexis, 30 female, has a daughter, Melanie, 8 female, whose birthday was last week. I was out of town on the actual day of her birthday, but came the next day with Melanie's present. Since my niece loves the beach and always wants to look at and slash touch my seashell collection, I gave her seashells so she could start her own collection. Melanie immediately demanded more, not in a playful or joking way. Melanie didn't even say thank you for the gift. I was taken aback by this, but still told Melanie that those shells were it for now and that she could get more seashells in the future by saving up her pocket money or waiting for Christmas. Melanie threw a tantrum. She dumped the shells on the floor and broke a large one after she stomped on it. Alexis wasn't doing anything to intervene in the situation. Melanie eventually calmed down and became upset when she realized she broke the large shell. Alexis asked me to replace the shell since it was Melanie's birthday, but I refused and Melanie cried. Alexis pulled me into another room and we started arguing. Alexis told me I was being an asshole to my niece because my niece is eight. Of course, she's going to act like a brat sometimes. I was no angel either when I was little. She argued how seashells are cheap where we live and it's a courtesy to replace a broken gift instead of ruining an eight-year-old's birthday. I agreed with Alexis that I acted up when I was little, that I was stopped because I was taught right from wrong and wasn't rewarded for bad behavior. I told Alexis that I will not reward Melanie for throwing a tantrum, that she is the one who ruined an eight-year-old's birthday by not teaching her daughter to be more grateful. Alexis told me to leave and we barely talked since last week. But today, I saw it earlier on social media that Alexis took Melanie to a craft fair and bought her new seashells there. She posted a picture and captioned it, who could be so selfish that they wouldn't want to see her, Melanie, smile for her birthday? And tagged only me in it. I think refusing to replace the broken shell was an appropriate thing to do in that situation. But Alexa's social media post has gotten a lot of likes and comments on it. And it seems a lot more people are taking Alexa's side than mine. Their money is replaceable, but memories are not. And the only important thing on an 8-year-old's birthday is to make sure they are happy. Am I the arsehole? absolutely not the asshole to me in this situation and you know these people on social media do they know the full story to this that you know she threw a tantrum she threw it on the floor she stomped on it petty me is coming out here and i'm just thinking you know just take the link for this post and post it in the comment section under that picture that she posted and let people read and come to their own conclusions there read a few of these comments because i'm sure they're going to be not the asshole you know no one wants to upset an eight-year-old no one wants to see an eight-year-old cry but at the same time no one wants to reward bad behavior as well your sister's doing this child no favors by continuing to allow that behavior but feedback creative says not the arsehole nothing from you could have made that child smile because she was determined to smash it up instead feel free to respond with a comment about how you tried your best but it wasn't good enough and melanie threw a tantrum and smashed the shells you gave her instead they are hold off on gifts until the eight-year-old toddler and her over-entitled mummy 
learn some manners. Next comment says, Oda responded with, well, if she hadn't thrown a tantrum because she demanded not ask for more shells and proceeded to stomp on the one she received, then she wouldn't have needed new shells to replace the original. Will not acquiesce to terroristic demands because her mother failed to parent her properly. Your sister fired the first shot, so I would return the fire. One more comment from Stray's mum who says, not the arsehole, Melanie sounds spoiled and entitled. Her bad behavior shouldn't be rewarded by replacing a present that she broke when told no. Stick to your guns and keep saying no. Alexis is teaching her daughter that all she has to do to get her away is throw a tantrum. If she keeps acting like this, she will grow up to be a spoiled, entitled adult. And will unfortunately find that a lot of people will have no problem telling her no. And our next story comes from a throwaway account. It says, would I be the asshole if I fly across the country for a dream education I planned for a long time when my family mourns an unexpected relative's death? I read it just for initial context. I'm a 22 male from Northeast US. Last week, my uncle passed away. The uncle was my mum's baby brother. This came as an extreme shock to everyone, including my baby sisters and my entire mum's side of the family, such as my aunts and grandparents. My uncle had a horrible illness a few years back and we all rallied to make sure he was okay. Back to the story. My uncle was buried within the next day. I had to stay with my grandparents to make sure they were as comfortable as they could be during this process. A few days later, I received an acceptance offer from a medical school master's program in the Northwest, Washington slash Oregon. I've been waiting for others. However, this is the only one I've received a confirmation call from to date. This master's program offers an amazing linkage to a medical school, which helped me attain my dreams of becoming a medical doctor. However, much to my knowledge, I found out it starts in early August instead of early September. It doesn't give much time to spend with family to help comfort them. I come from a South Asian household, and as I'm the only son and the oldest child, I have to hold the responsibility to help my family through this process of grief. But at the same time, I have my chance for medical school sitting right in front of me. I don't know what to do if that's my only option, and I'm hoping to wait for the other programs from Philadelphia, New York City, and New Jersey, so I can still be close to the family. But at the same time, if it comes down to it, would I be the arsehole? Now, I'm guessing there's going to be some culture playing a part in this one. So I'm going to have to come at it from my point of view. And to me, you wouldn't be the arsehole. And I always go through, you know, the last few years and, and, and dealing with a lot of funerals and, and grief and all this kind of thing. And I know what my family would be like. Like My family would say, you know, you go chase that education and you live your life. That's what the relatives who've passed would have wanted for you etc i know my mum, my dad they would all wanted that like when i was talking to my mum before she passed away and we was talking about various was talking about the funeral and if she wanted anything in particular and all this kind of thing you know it was a very very sad conversation but i consider it an important conversation and she just wanted us to continue our life you know if it was her choice there would have been no funeral there would have been nothing she just wants us to move on and enjoy our life her words were you know, she wants to be cremated and we're meat in the wind. So I know I would have the support of my family to, you know, chase that education, basically. But that's just my opinion. As I said, I'm guessing there's some culture at play here as well. Cataclysm says, don't lose out on your future lamenting the past, not the arsehole. And Opie said, this comment really shifted the perspective for me. Thank you so much. Youth says, get on the plane. Your family will mourn with or without you actually being there. You aren't a therapist and you'll be leaving several weeks after the funeral. How could you possibly help your family through this process of grief? 
Really now? Not the arsehole. Boss lady says not the arsehole. While your family may be in mourning, you cannot put your life on hold due to this. I'm sorry for your family's loss, but this is a great opportunity for you and you need to go. Stay in contact with the family as much as you can, but follow your dream. And the comments pretty much just continued like that. But I got a little additional story from myself for you guys as well. It was I reminded myself of it when I said, you know, my mum said we're meeting the wind. And I feel like I got to put a little disclaimer on it because I don't want people to think I'm heartless or being, you know, blase about grief and death and all this kind of thing. But it was a couple of weeks after my mum's funeral and, you know, we, I was at work and I received a call saying my mum's ashes are ready to be to be whatever we wanted to happen with them, basically. I'd originally talked to her about trying to, like, you know, spread them down in Weymouth, down on the coast, down on the beach there. You know, you'd have to get permission and all this kind of stuff. But but my mum didn't want that. She just wanted us to move on as soon as possible and live our lives. So we had to respect that. And her, she just wanted to be spread at the crematorium. So me and my niece got together. We went down there and we found a nice a nice spot in the crematorium. It was really lovely, actually. There's a little little fountain there and a bench there. And so if we ever wanted to go down, we could sit on the bench and, you know, just reminisce kind of thing. And it's the same location that we spread my dad's ashes as well. But this particular time, you know, we've never spread ashes before. The, the lady introduces herself. She said she gives us like this big urn thing with the handle on top and you sort of like squeeze the handle. And she, she walked us round to this fountain. Me and my niece were stood there. We thought we were just going to sort of watch her spread the ashes. But she said, would you like to spread them? And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know. And she was giving us like an instruction of you just sort of squeeze, gently squeeze this handle. And then you walk up and down with it. Sort of like just sort of rocking it back and forth gently. So I stood there with this thing in my hand. My, my niece said, you got to go first. So there I was with this thing in my hand. I didn't want to pull it too hard because I thought, what if the lid just pops open? It just dumps a pile on the floor. <laughs> How embarrassing would that be? It was such a moment of mixed emotion. Spreading ashes here. You're grieving at the same time. And then you're worried about not doing it right. But anyway, ev everything starts going off well. I pull the handle gently. It starts coming out. I'm walking up and down. And I'm, I'm, I've done a couple of like lengths of this thing of, of spreading my mum's ashes. And suddenly a gust of wind comes out of nowhere. And it blows a whole bunch of it in my face. All of my shoes. I was like, oh, <laughs> Jess, mum. <laughs> She was totally right. And so whenever I say about my mum, when she says we're meeting the wind, I always have a little chuckle to myself now. Whether that's dark or not, I don't know. But I like to think it's my mum getting her own back on me for whatever I've done in the past. <laughs> my niece did spread some of the ashes as well. And she had like a very similar issue. She pulled the handle a bit too hard and a whole bunch of it dumped out. And she was wearing flip flops that day. So yeah, you can imagine how that went as well. I can always remember the look on her face as she pulled it and a bit of it just dumped out in between her toes. Yeah. <laughs> and I really hope none of that come across as like being disrespectful or anything like that. I know how my mum, my mum would have been pissing herself laughing at us. I would never dream of being disrespectful towards my family in any way like that. But what do you guys make of all of today's situations let us know your thoughts down in the comments below and just a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for getting involved in today's stories listen to me talk shit as usual thank you so much and i will see you in the next one take care and much love
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 